Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And in The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books that have come out this very day. We review them. It's Some not, of these books, i got to be honest with you, they're a little long. That's all I'm saying. Uh, That's not I got a, whoever chose these books. Not a strike against him. This Forget is it. not a regular stack, though. This is a birthday stack. No, that's oh, right. It's, yes. And you can well, tell because the, we snuck in a weird sexual one just for right. one lucky guy. The thing guy. that's cool about this is we record this in advance, so it's actually not a birthday stack. Oh, wow. Yeah, what a sad way to but ruin a birthday. But when we're recording this, it's a birthday stack. Right. But when people listen to it. Do it. It's a death stack. <laughs> oh, you're oh, yeah. going to die tomorrow? Alex dies I think tomorrow. so. Really? This is it's like a like a whole Gremlin Mogwai thing, right? <laughs> yeah, don't review comics after midnight. Ooh. <laughs> All right, let's get into it and talk about the first book. This is DC's black label book, The Last God. Oh yeah, number one, kicking it off. Now the black label books so far have been riffs on DC Comics characters. A lot, a lot of Batman. Yeah, a lot it's of been Batman. Dick riffs. Dick riffs. There is a Superman <laughs> book. Uh, yeah. There's a Superman book as well. well. Tell us what that one was. Everyone loves it so much. Uh, Superman, cool dude, I'm Frank Miller, what up? Yeah. What up? That one. Yeah. Uh, this one, though, is by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who we had on the show a couple of months back. Yes. Uh, great guest, great guy. This is a original fantasy property that they're doing. It's the kickoff of the Fellspire saga, Fellspire epic, something yeah. like that. Uh, I thought this was phenomenal yeah really yeah yes really wow why do you say really well i i i loved it i thought i thought it was very cool the art it was super creepy and very had like a grotesque kind of style to it um and i think this is like a a very unique kind of cool different comic i I think it's great but i wasn't and i usually like things that are generic and the same is that what you're saying pete yep on my fucking death stack yeah, this is Alex's death stack. This is my stack. death stack. He's going to be buried underneath well, these comics. I figured, why change? You keep it clean, bro. <laughs> uh, I like this a lot. I like that the black label is becoming sort of DC's image imprint. If right. Yes. Like. Um, that's, to me, a better move than just having, like, Batman, but, like, slightly edgier. 
Yes, I, I agree with you as well. I mean, I, I think there's going to be a certain section of people who are annoyed because they shut down Vertigo and then they're going ahead and having... Yeah, of course. Uh, having Vertigo-esque titles in the Black Label books. Yeah. But it's uh, clearly they're putting a lot of money into it. The idea of this is that decades earlier, a group got together, went to a place called the Black Stair and fought back... It's it's not even exactly an elder god. It's something very original seeming. It's uh, yeah. it's sort of like a tree. Maybe it's connected to the red in some way from DC Comics. We'll find out. I'm not 100 percent sure. Interesting. Uh, but uh, certainly, it's pretty horrific, as Pete was mentioning. Very stretchy. Yes, very stretchy. They say that they beat back this evil. Of course, you can kind of figure out what's coming from there. But decades later, uh, they are the ruling class. These people who saved the entire world, uh, and there is a upright gladiator who gets caught in the middle of things. Uh, again, it goes plot-wise, perhaps, in a lot of the direction you might expect in the first issue, yeah. but the characters are so good and so precise, and the design so original, it becomes something fresh and new. The art's really nice, and uh, it's written in a way where you're not... Uh, it doesn't give it all away. You're, you're allowed mm-hmm. to sort of think along with the characters in a nice way. Like, we don't know the full way it plays out until the very last page, and then it's like, bang. Yeah, cool. Uh, I think this book has a great message, though. Avoid stairs. Avoid stairs? Yeah. Yeah. Esca- the black escalator is actually right. a sweet ride. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust it, man. There's no evil, stretchy god at the top of the black escalator. You don't know that. Yeah. yeah. Let's move from one magic book to another. Uh, this is Marvel Comics Excalibur number oh, one. Here we go. Okay. Continuing here the run down, go. exploring the X Men side of the Marvel Universe. Now, we got Jonathan Hickman's books. Last week, we talked about Marauders number one, which yeah. is the first book out of the gate that was not by Jonathan Hickman. It was by Jerry Dugan. The uh, Dukes. And, and that introduced a bunch of X Men who are essentially working as pirates. They're trying to smuggle people out of places, smuggle things into Krakoa. This issue is by Teeny Howard, and this is focusing on the magic side of the X-Men. Yeah. Characters who've been touched by magic, how they work in the world. They get mixed up and stuff with Otherworld, with Captain Britain. Yeah, uh, Captain. Ca- like, like Captain, Captain Crunch. Yeah, like Captain Crunch. Like, uh, I was reading the book, and the top of my mouth got ripped up a little bit. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a sense that, Justin, you like this book, and Pete, you didn't like this what book. What are you basing that on? Smiles and frowns? <laughs> I, I don't know if I didn't like this book. Um, it was just, uh, I'm a, a big fan of Psylocke, and, um, you know, so we, she comes back in this issue, but uh, she is quickly transformed um, before we kind of get a, a sense of, like, what's going on with her. So I was Wait, like, what do you mean? Into Captain Britain? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you're saying what's going on with her. So, for those who aren't totally caught up on Psylocke, she's been separated from Quanon, who yep. is the ninja side of her that she was bonded with for a very long period of Which time. Which I was a big fan so of. So, she is two back bodies. to being the regular Betsy Brodock. Right. Yeah. And she's very touchy if you call her Psylocke. Yes. She's well, like, it makes fucking sense. call me Betsy. Yeah. Yeah, that's not well, a great code name, though. I really like this book a lot. I thought this was another great setup exploring a piece of the X-Men world. There's some very funny bits throughout it. There's yeah. a great bit involving Apocalypse's name, uh, where he wants to be called something that's like... I don't even yeah. know. I, yeah, I don't, it's like when Prince but, came out with just, you know, call me the symbol. 
You know, so it, it's weird how, how, you, how you know to pronounce that. Well, in the comic it, book. it is a comic book, so it is something that characters have to say to each other, and it's in the Krakoan language. Right. Uh, and I like that band quite a bit. I was nervous about how they were going to bring an apocalypse to this, but I think even that works and seems consistent with his character. He's up to something. He's up to something. I just... I like the adversary that they're fighting. Again, I think they're doing a really good job of fleshing out this world. Well, also what's weird is we got the reveal that, like, okay... Uh, Professor X or Lollipop Man uh, did a little thing in everybody's head that was like, hey, here's what's going on. Krakoa, everybody, you know, forget humans, fuck them, we're out. And then uh, Apocalypse also did uh, a kind of announcement with all the magicians in the world, which was interesting. And we don't get to really know what was said. So, like, I... it's just weird to be like, Apocalypse is cool, everybody. Don't bother. Except they're not cool with Apocalypse. Yeah, Gambit is mad at him. Yeah, as he should be. This guy's pretty evil. And everybody's just like, hey, it's Krakoa. It's a party. Everybody's just hanging out. Yeah, but Pete, like, would it if I suddenly became evil? Like, you'd oh, what do you still- mean? You suddenly became evil. But then I was like, okay, I want to come live and hang out again. You'd be, you'd accept me. We're brothers. I would be trepidatious. But you're trepidatious now, right? So that's our relationship. I mean, <laughs> to use a more specific metaphor, imagine you go to a party, right? right you go right. to a party and you get there, and there's a dude in the corner, and you're like, "Oh shit, is he here?" And it's apocalypse, right? Exactly. And you're like, yeah. "Do I make a scene? Do I talk about how this gigantic gray dude who's destroyed the world several times is here, right?" Uh, and really throw off the vibes of this party, mm-hmm. or do I kind of go with it and give him a chance, have a couple of uh, drinks, and see what happens? Yeah, see where the night goes. Apocalypse of fresh chance because you were at a party. Oh, I'm saying, saying. He's, he can stretch his body into anything. Yeah. So Alex is going to fuck You're at a party. There's a known murderer there, and you're just going to be like, hey, whatever. OJ's here. It's cool. No big deal. I'm just. What gonna, are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to gonna... yell at OJ at the party? <laughs> yeah. Be like, yo, the juice. Like, not cool, bro. So OJ Simpson like, is your. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like another drink other than juice? O.J. Simpson is your apocalypse. Not, uh, this is interesting. This has gotten real weird. The four white Broncos of the apocalypse. Uh, I like this book a lot. The fact that they can get this deep into this sort of weird pocket of the X Men side corner of the universe with Otherworld, Captain Burton, Morgan Le Fay, which is yeah. like she's not even a top tier X Men villain, let alone any yeah. villain. Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, the little asides are great as well. There's a thing where formerly Gold Balls interacts with Psylocke. And it's like Everybody's his name names. Eggs. Well, well, that's that's what I was going to say. Is the bid is he's like call me Egg, and she's like, yeah, that's not going to stick. Well, but I do think there's a theme to these names in magic. Names are very important. If you get pulled into fairy, the land, you your most powerful thing you have is your name. You can't uh-huh. reveal your name. So I think that's going to be a thing in this uh, series. Oh, okay. Has that happened to you? Yeah, that's why my voice is fucked up. (laughs) A fairy stole it. Well, and Ursula the Sea Witch has it. I'm trying to get it back. Nice legs, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Oh, you should know, I've been a merman for uh, this whole time. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't clear on our podcast. Well, that's it was a secret. Sure. Um, One thing I want to say before we move on... It's been touched upon a couple of times, but what do we think about this rule that you're, they're supposed to make more mutants? 
They're supposed to fucking have yeah. kids. Well, they talk about that in this Rogue one. Rogue and Gambit like, are like, there's gonna be yo. A, yeah. So what? Yeah, even Apocalypse is like, there's going to be a lot of baby porns. Un- who's going to be doing this? Who's what, hooking What do you up? mean? Who's hooking what do you up? mean? How, does, how do babies happen? Who, <laughs> yes. I have a, several questions. Okay. Oh are the storks allowed there? Because are they mutants? I think it's yeah. pretty clearly explained. Mutants hatch from eggs now. Yeah. No, they need new mutants. Right. They eggs. mean the egg mutants. Yeah. yeah. No, they mean sex I mutants. I am the egg mutant. They need sex men. <laughs> I am. Sex men and sex women. The Wolverine. <laughs> you, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here, here's what I'd say. On a logical level, it makes a lot of sense. On a comic book level, I'm like, you're not going to have a lot of babies running around here. <laughs> well, it's not going to happen. Also, all of the female X-Men are going to be Pregnant? There's, for... There are three rules to take your party analogy. If there yeah. were three rules at the party and one was yeah. get somebody pregnant, <laughs> that's going to happen. That was at several of my parties the rule. Yeah, at least two. Yeah, at least two. Third one, everybody was like, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Too many babies. Uh, so I, I'm just very curious how this is going to play out and what that means for any and or all of these characters. It just right. is weird to me that nobody is like none of the... X-Men characters are like, hey, I don't know about this Krakoa thing. Everybody just seems We've to be We've talked about this several times. Yeah. Several of them are like, I don't know about this Krakoa thing. But they're signing up. Right, including in this issue where Betsy Braddock is like, I don't know about this Krakoa thing. Okay. Last issue when Kitty Pride was like, I don't know about this Krakoa thing. And then they get to go off and do other stuff. Exactly. Um, but a lot of the X-Men don't have partners. Are they? Good? Is this a whole cultural shift where there are going to so. be... It's polygamy. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. And then, of course, you got the the thruple in on the moon. Yeah, moon uh, thruple with the moon thruple, my favorite kind. <laughs> uh, Scott, Wolverine, and uh, Gene in, in the middle. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the thanks pause, for that. Your voice is making this extra creepy. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. And talk extra about extra awesome. <laughs> that's oh, what I meant. Moving on to a valiant comic book, Roku number one. This is the lady assassin with the sharp, sharp hair. Yes. She is spinning out of Ninjak, Ninja K, I guess. Uh, one of the other books. They used to have a romantic relationship. She's kind of forgotten slash is ignoring her past and moving forward with her future. Uh, what would you think about this book? She's also my TV. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, Seriously, you still got a Roku? This is one of those... I, my favorite Valiant book, by the way, is Fire Stick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad comic that book character. Good comic book character. It's a uh, Fire Lord, basically. It's better than Marvel. Apple TV. Uh, yeah, that's a trickier one. Yeah. Um, I, uh, this first issue felt very like going through the motions and then there's a preview for the second issue in the back of it that I thought was actually very good. Yeah. Uh, the last page sets up the interesting thing and then moving into the second issue, I thought this was cool. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, go ahead, Pete. I mean, as far as like assassin stuff goes, great. Love it. You know, the stabby hair thing is like, okay. All right. Uh, you don't but, like that? <laughs> I don't know. It's Pete just, dates around a bit. Yeah, but like you dated a stabby-haired woman, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But you—that's the thing. You can never. You always gotta be watching the hair. Oh, great! Yeah, I've looked forward to your guide to dating. <laughs> hey, rule number four: always watch the hair. Always watch the hair. <laughs> there you see it. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. I Kiss think the, the girl. <laughs> I think this is watch kind out of like, for the hair. It's kind of like a inhuman Medusa kind of rip off a little bit. But it's like Medusa meets Black Widow. Yeah, 
Um, but I think the twist that was interesting enough at the in end, my face? in your face, that oh, I'll uh, I'll check out the next issue. That comic just got reviewed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like this book. I think uh, we're going to talk about another one later on, and I feel like a lot of what Valiant is doing right now, even more than the Last God being imaged, this is very top cow to me, and I don't mean that in a bad way oh, at all. Yeah, the other comic we're going to talk about is crazy top cow. Yes. Uh, should we just skip ahead? We'll talk about that one. Yeah. I have it later in the list. But uh, the other one is Bloodshot Number 2 by Tim Seeley and Brett Booth. Um, Tim Seeley. Really enjoyed the first issue of this, nonstop action. This apps it up even bigger, and yeah. it really does feel like the best of Top Cow in the absolute it, best way. It's like a time yeah. machine back to the 90s, which yes. I'm just trying to get back there. We uh, all are. You know, we all what are. a time to be alive. Uh, that's great. Flannel. Yeah, that was everyone's favorite part. Uh, <laughs> flannel, pajamas, I'll tell sheets. you what, I, uh, the other day I put on a flannel I have not worn in about 20 years. It was very large. Oh, look, do you have some pictures you can share from your grunge phase? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm yes. dying to those. Because you were an Eddie Vedder. Uh, you did not go through grunge. You were in a Pearl Jam cover band. For a I moment. was. Give us a little bit of that Vedder. I actually could do a pretty decent veteran with this voice. Jeremy's Bogart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, today. Wow, Ooh, that's, that's wow. I is any better here? It feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is there's the entire issue basically takes place in front of a nonstop wall of fire. And yeah. it's great. It's just a one big insane over the top action sequence. That's all it's trying to be. I think both of these books are doing the same thing, which is scratching that action itch. And it's fun. Action yeah, it's itch. fun. Cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. And but it's not just mindless action as well. No. Like there's a nice um, character. Uh, the the two characters, Bloodshot and the general who's after him, they have a great uh, dialogue. Yeah, I mean, Tim Seeley writes good dialogue. He does good character in there. It feels like it's very clearly, without looking exactly like this, being accessible for people who are going to check out Vin Diesel in Bloodshot. Uh, we talked about yeah. that with some of the Valiant folks on our live show podcast a couple of weeks back. Uh, and, yeah, I think that's a smart way of going. It's a very easy point. You could jump right in and be like, great. This dude is drippy. This dude is armored. They are kicking the shit out of each other. Yep. I could do a pretty decent Vin Diesel with this voice, too, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Hit, hit us up. Hey, always trust the family. Ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> wow. Fast and furious. Here's another Marvel book. Silver Surfer Black, number five. This is the last issue of oh, Donny Cates and Tradmore's epic going through the history of the Silver Surfer. Big status quo shift. For the Silver Surfer at the end here, and I'll mention, uh, we did have Donny Cates at our uh, New York Comic-Con preview show that just went up in the Comic Book Club live feed where he talked a little bit about that. Uh, so yeah. uh, check back about that because he had some interesting things to say about the genesis of the book. But that said, how do you think about how this wrapped up? How this turned out for you? Well, Pete. I very much enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was really fun. The art was the real hero of this uh, story. It was I the, think no, the Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer was the hero. Yeah. No, the art was. Uh, it was very... Mm. Doesn't make sense to me plot-wise. Well, thanks. Because the Silver Surfer saves the day. Not cool. the art. Well, the art does. No, but I'm saying like it doesn't because the villain is Null, the space god, and the Silver Surfer stops him. Sure. I just I just don't understand how the art can be the hero. Well, I think the art's so good it steals the show. 
Uh, that sounds pretty bad because stealing is bad. Uh, I like this book a lot. Um, every issue I thought Sorry, was great. Sorry, do you want to go on with that? No, I think we covered it. Uh, <laughs> the art is very good by Tradmore, and um, this is an epic sort of uh, almost mythological story of the Silver Surfer. And I thought it was it ended up in that the it got even bigger in this in this issue. Yeah, I think you know a lot of times when people are like, "Oh, this will change the status quo of the Silver Surfer forever." I really thought it was a cool six-issue arc. I thought it ended really well and kind of put Silver Surfer in a cool spot. And I'm excited to see what happens moving forward. He invented himself, basically. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, Sometimes awesome. you got to do that. It's yeah. a great use of Marvel Comics history, looping everything about the Silver Surfer all together, um, adding things to the continuity without it feeling like it's subtracting in any way from what's come before. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Tradmore's uh, art in this issue in particular is very psychedelic in exactly the right way. Phenomenal book. It's going to play really well in trade, too, which I think is yeah. great. Uh, so I look forward to revisiting that next one from Boom Studios, the very last issue ever of Giant Days. Giant Days as time goes by, number one. Now, big we issue. Big issue. We haven't really checked it on Giant Days a whole lot. No. I think there was a one shot here or there that we checked out and we really liked. Uh, but uh, having not read too many of them, what did you think about this wrap-up? Uh, I didn't know a ton about the characters uh, going into it, but I thought it was a great story. And uh, it's one of those books that I always see on the shelf, and I'm like, oh, I want to get that. And then I don't end up getting it, so it was great to actually catch up on it. Yeah. How did yeah, you feel I, about it, Pete? I really liked it. I thought the art and storytelling really meld, melded well. It was very cool. It was a real-life story that the comic book form like really brought to life in a very creative, cool way. And I really liked how the characters bounced off each other, relied on each other, like had fights, had made-ups. It was really... Uh, Friends drift apart, but yeah. sometimes they come back together at a party and fight. Alex fucks Apocalypse. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, man. I'm going to finally lose my virginity to Apocalypse. That's it's a lifelong By dream. the end of senior year. Yeah. You're saying his name wrong. Yeah. No, it's That's right. That would be embarrassing. I think it's able to pick him up that way. I think that's what it is. Gross. Great book. Even if you haven't read it, as mentioned, it does start to feel a little Scott Pilgrim esque at the end. So if you like that book, maybe check this out. Though for the most part. It is about very grounded human relationships and yeah. in a very sweet, fun way. And the art is delightful throughout. Yeah. Another final issue from Marvel Comics, Dead Man Logan, number 12. This is bringing oh, the saga man. of old, old Logan to a close. He, the new-ish Thor, a cool little chubby little Hulk boy, uh, are all fighting Sabretooth and Mr. Sinister in the, the Outback post-apocalypse. And everything finishes here. How do you feel this wrapped up, Pete, for your favorite old Wolverine? I thought they did a really good job with this. I thought they gave him a good, solid death. I thought it was touching in a, in a nice way. And it's so convenient for him to die at a grave. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the what way a good guy he was. That's, that's what I'm good. looking forward to doing tomorrow. That's, yeah. If you uh, care about your friends, I'll be there. 
That's the way to do it. I'm going to die with one foot in an urn so you can just ash me right into it. <laughs> oh, great, man. That would be super uh, No, No mess. Yeah. No fuss, no muss. Yeah. But also... just Is it okay if I say, hey, can I ask you a question? No. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Oh, uh, thanks. Wow. I just want to say something real cool. But uh, usually the person dying has the last words, <laughs> so you can't use those as my last words. Oh, okay. You don't get the last word. If you want, you can say, hey, can I ask you a question? No, how about... You can say that as your last words, and then my yeah. last words would be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, good. Yeah, I thought, uh, and I also like the fact that he was fighting Sabretooth, you know, one of his real yeah. kind of he also rivals. Has sharp stuff. Yeah, but I'm glad it wasn't some I'll, random I'll fucking tell you person. Why. I've really enjoyed this Dead Man Logan title. I think it's a blast uh, throughout. Yeah. It's weird reading it now when they've so clearly moved on with all the X-Men titles where it's like, eh, there's like this phantom limb kind of hanging out here. Um, though it's a nice, sad, sweet ending. It's a fitting ending. The Sabretooth fight, though, boiled down to Sabretooth being like, come on, Wolverine, you're old man, Wolverine. You'll never kill me, Wolverine. You ripped me apart once, but you'll never rip me apart again. And he's like, now I'm going to rip you apart again. And, and in like does. one battle, he rips him apart. Right. I, that was a little underwhelming to me. Oh, man. It was right on the same seams. Yes, it was. That's like if you dropped Ma- a cup and taped it back together, easy to break again. Yeah. Make some new seams. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, he's really great at what he does. But otherwise, otherwise, other than this huge misstep, it was a great book. Uh, moving You're on to a, a DC Comics book. This is the first book out of the Hill House imprint, I believe is what they're calling it, Yeah, uh, from Joe Hill. This is his line of new horror comics for DC, Basketful of Heads. Oh. Number I, one. I oh. loved this. No yeah. way, man. No this way? Is- it's so creepy. What's you love heads and baskets? Like a good fifty percent of the books you read have people carting around heads. No, that's not true. Yeah. At least two, maybe. Head lopper right. and <laughs> Batman last night on Earth. Okay, all right, gotcha. You, you got me in your fucking face. <laughs> but I, I always get scared when you're reading a comic that's a horror comic that your own head will fall off. No, that... That the book's going to come alive and suck you in. No, that it's... Snakes, just basically snakes wherever. Or are you just scared of words? (laughs) It starts off with the scary thing, then goes away and does a nice, sweet thing. You get to know characters. That is the worst, because you know horrible things are going to happen to them, and you get attached, and then it's just horrible. Uh, Just like you get attached to your head, and then it's it's not attached. a basket. Uh, I thought this was so great. This is my favorite book of the week. Um, What? Yep. Wow. And the art is so, uh, like, stylistically perfect for the story. Yeah, the flashback has that perfect nostalgia feel. It has that 70s kind of. Right. Even though it takes place in 1983, it has, like, a 70s. The the idea of the book, very quickly, is it starts off with a mysterious scene where it seems like somebody is walking along with possibly a basket full of heads. We don't get a lot of information about that, but then we flash back to the 80s. We meet these characters, young couple, very much in love or in lust. Darling. Uh, Darling. One of them is a cop in training for the summer. Uh, Some convicts have escaped from a bus, and that's uh, all the information I think I'll tell you at this point. The cop car is a dune buggy. That's super important. That is important because it's a pretty sweet ride. Uh, And they are in a beach town, so that's probably important there, too. We we should get a city buggy. (laughs) Those are called cockroaches. No. (laughs) Well, let's not get any of those. There's... uh, 
it's mostly character development, like Pete was saying, over the course of the first issue. You really only get... Uh, rising sense of dread and yes. the, the, a note that something starts to go wrong at the very end. Joe Hill does such a good job of yeah. all the characters being like, this is fine. Nothing bad's going to happen <laughs> over and over again in yeah. a way that is great. Well, this also, Lock and Key, which he wrote, is one of our absolute favorite books here on the sure show. Sure is. This is very different. This feels very pulpy to me in yeah. a very specific old-timey comic book horror sort of way. Yeah. And I love that he's leading into that for this. Yeah. The, the art reminds me of, we had this collection of books that were like, uh, how to um, pay a bill like for kids. And the art well, was That's like, pretty scary. Yeah, I know. It was truly horrifying. Uh, and Why so would a kid need to know how to pay a bill? It's like educational. Oh. You know, a lot of times you learn lessons for the future because if you learn them when you're doing it, then you already don't know how to do it. Huh. <laughs> you ever thought about that? No. Nope. Oh, cool. Like if you learned today how to put on pants, you wouldn't be wearing them right now. And that explains that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this book is great. Definitely pick it up. Next one from Marvel Comics, Fantastic Four, Grand Design number one. This is pivoting off of X-Men Grand Another Design big issue. by Ed Piscor. Uh, that told the history of X-Men and tried to make sense of it with every single thing that happened over the course of the continuity. Putting it into one sort of narrative. Yeah. This is a new author, new artist, doing the same sort of thing with Fantastic Four. It is a different format. I will tell you, I had a little bit of hesitance going into this. I haven't read much of the behind the scenes, if they talked to Ed Biscor or if he approved of it or whatever else. Um, so I would hope so. I would hope so, too. Uh, that doesn't always happen, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know the behind the scenes. So, again, I was like, eh, should they be doing this without him? Because his style was so taken and this idea was so clearly taken from the history of hip-hop that he did for a very long time. Um, but this is decidedly different and pretty fascinating, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Also, what's nice at the end is they give you kind of like a list of all the things that they kind of pulled from and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great history of the Fantastic Four and uh, told in a fun, lighthearted way. You get to see all the crazy shit that they oh, yeah, went through. through in their yeah. lives and how it just shows you how crazy comics are in general. Yeah. Uh, but when it's all put together, it feels good. Like it's a, it's it, one piece. This one, to your to your point, is much funnier than yeah. X Men Grand Design. Like it does feel like it's poking fun at the fact that Fantastic Four continuity makes no sense. Like Ed Piscor actually tried to make sense of it and make it work uh, in some way, and he nuanced and uh, smoothed over some of the rougher spots where it didn't really work. Uh, changed up and tweaked some things here and there. This Fantastic Four thing is like, yeah, I don't know. All of this happened. This is crazy. It also plays around with the layouts a lot, which I really yeah. appreciate. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, which definitely makes it easier to read because it's also very dense. There's like, yeah. I don't know, uh, 20, 18 yeah. panels per page or something yeah, like that. A it's a lot. Um, it's a big read. It's definitely worth it, particularly if you're a Fantastic Four fan or like indie comics takes on mainstream comics. Well, yeah, it's a little easier than the X-Men because Fantastic Four has primarily been one book the whole time. So it's right. really just going through and picking it out and then making it make sense. As opposed to X-Men, it's like, 
Uh, good shit. luck pulling yeah. all this shit together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, next one from Image Comics, SFSX, number two. This is the second issue of Safe Sex. What, what's, oh, yeah, there yes. you go. That's what it's short for. San Francisco. San Francisco, San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, the idea of this book, this takes place in a future where sex has basically been regulated, if not outlawed. Across the world, Pete yep. Noten Deviant, very upset about yeah, this. I love sex. Uh, and yeah. it does focus on a bunch of folks that really do enjoy sex who ultimately get shut down by the ruling class. One of them we left was on the run. She went back to her old uh, stomping grounds, and she's trying to save her husband, who's been captured over the course of the issue. There's a couple of twists here. Doesn't look good for him. Doesn't look no. good for him. Uh, it's nowhere near as graphic as the last issue was. Yep. Pete, how'd you feel about it? Uh, I mean, I still had to read this at work, so, you know, it was stressful. Because uh, someone could pop over and be like, hey, yeah. you looking at titties? Yeah, that's right. And then hey, the second so- question, seems like you're not wearing pads. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, this was a little bit easier to read than the first one. Uh, but, I mean, I like the idea behind this comic. Uh, I think it's very interesting. I think the art is very cool. It's a very cool, creative take on this kind of issue. Um, and, yeah, I I enjoyed this book a lot more than the first issue. Uh, but it's interesting to see where this goes and how this plays out. Did you feel comfortable reading the violent death of Sabretooth at your office? Yep. Interesting. Mm, America, huh? Yeah. Really makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this book, Justin? I like it. Um, it's, uh, to your point, it is much more like, we get much more into the story and sort of yeah. the world building of it um, in this issue, and uh, the art's really good. Uh, well, which I think was really smart, coming out of the yeah. gate and shocking you with that first issue with just very graphic sex and nudity and being like, yo, this is what this book is. This is here, sucking you in, and then building out the world. It really sucks. It's really sucked. Really got me. Yeah. Really got me involved. Got you going? Yeah, it really got me I kind of wish they did it the other way, where they, uh, you know what I mean? Like, not the old sex cells, but just kind of like showing the world a little bit more and not being so graphic. So you're saying it was hard for you at first, but then you came back for more. Yeah, exactly. And again, another great Pete dating tip is like, just build the world first (laughs) and then have sex. Yeah, exactly. But watch out for that hair. Watch out for that hair. That's how you know about the hair. World building. (laughs) That's what I call raising my little girl. World building. World building. I got you. Anyway, Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one. This is another Philip Kennedy Johnson book. Big week for him. PKJ. This is, as you can figure out for the title, bringing back the concept of Marvel Zombies, but in a new universe, in a new way. The Avengers and Assorted Heroes find out that Galactus seems to be floating dead through the universe. They want to find out what's going on, maybe harvest a couple of his organs and pieces and things as one does. It is weird how much they want to do that. Yeah, that so they're crazy. very into it. They're like, okay, yeah. got to get everyone on board to harvest these organs. Yeah, why do we need so many heroes to go harvest some organs? Because those are big kidneys. Yeah. Okay. Big kidneys call for a big team. Alright. Uh, yeah, so they all head in there, and uh, this is too much of a spoiler, encounter some zombies. Yeah, uh, this and is lose. Yeah, I really like this a lot. Me I too. love this take. It feels fresh. It feels different from the last take on Marvel Zombies. It is terrifying in a different way, uh, and the ending feels 
Yeah. No, that ending is bananas. I love the Marvel zombies concept. I love seeing zombies, heroes be zombies. I love seeing heroes killing zombie heroes. I love all that. Yeah. Uh, I disagree. I just enjoy the concept of people biting each other. Yeah. That, that could happen. It's creepy. That's real. That's part of your dating book, yeah. right? Rule number one, bite him. <laughs> wow. That's the only rule, right? Yeah, the only rule, biting. More of a trading card or brochure. Then. Cool. I mean, the tough part for me for this is that... By the way, twelve ninety nine for my book. Biting? <laughs> question mark? Biting. Exclamation point. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of money for that for that book. It's worth it. Um, Haven't had it complete yet. You sort of spoiled the whole thing. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if you need to buy it now. I don't know. How much is you your need to buy it to find out. Uh, anyways. Buy it or bite it. I. It's hard to watch them lose so hard so early. So, um, I don't know, man. It, it's It's kind of like... I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And then, like, oh, everybody's fucking Marvel zombies now. And then, like, who wasn't there and who can help save the day? What if but, the, but the ending really surprised me and was very badass. So, What if the book is just everyone turning into zombies? Nobody nobody wins. Zombies win. That's I mean, that's cool probably book. what's going to happen. I mean, right? what, what kind of message are you saying to the kids? Uh, zombies. Give up, zombies. Yeah. Give up yeah. zombies. That's yeah. a shitty... Message. Give Whatever, up. man. Give up, question mark. Zombies, exclamation point. <laughs> Last one we're going to talk about. I believe this is another Black Label book. Joker Killer Smile, number one. In case you thought there weren't enough Joker books, here's another Joker book. But this time it's by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Yeah. Uh, which is the draw here. I was definitely hesitant to get into yet another Joker story. Yeah. The outline of it even feels very familiar on the surface, where there's a psychiatrist who's interviewing the Joker. Oh. As you imagine, Why the Joker would you get, do that? Joker gets into his head a little bit, but goddamn, this book is good. It's very good. The uh, It's paced out really nicely. It's surpri- You get surprised by the way that the Joker influences Ben, the psychologist, and uh, it's good. It's really good. I'm kind of over Joker right now. I'm Jokered out. Uh, That's the greatest trick the Joker ever played was getting you tired of him. Well, okay, yeah. cool. You're too twisted. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, don't, don't fucking go in a room where the fucking Joker is. It's not going to end well. How many shrinks? Well, I, uh, let me throw this out to you because as much as I like this and I get this in the text of the DC universe that the Joker drives people crazy. Yeah, right. I was going to ask the same question. How? how? Yeah, that's, I don't know. Because what does he say? That's so crazy that makes you crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess part of it, we've been doing this Watchmen podcast, Watch and Watch, and we talked about uh, the issue with Rorschach, where this basically happens, like this field felt like almost a riff on that in a way, where Rorschach is being interviewed by this psychologist when he is in prison, and the psychologist starts to think like Rorschach and feel like Rorschach as he's talking to him, as he's getting into his head. Um, I feel like it's the same sort of thing here, Potentially where these psychiatrists, people like Harley Quinn, like the guy in here, they already potentially have something a little broken in them. And while they're trying to wrap their brains around the Joker and understand him and understand his motivations, they're putting themselves inside of his head, which Which forces them to become more like him. Yeah, I I think that's the intention. It's more of a like that issue of Watchmen is so nicely done because it's very subtle and it's about his worldview changing. When this is yeah. about this psychologist like going crazy, almost and being obsessed with clowns, yes, yeah. which that is 
That's I, a, it's possible there's something else going on here, right? Because yeah. he asks earlier on, he asks about the Joker fish that the Joker distributed around Gotham. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of move on from there. They're like, how did you do that? How did you make Joker fish? And he's like, I don't The magician doesn't reveal his tricks. Right. So. Yeah. Jeff Lemire is a good enough writer that it's possible he's seeding that in. And there is almost a magic trick going on in this book, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on down. We'll chat with you about comics. Pete, what do you want to plug? Uh, friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. How's on Twitter at Comic Book Live? Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this show and more. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. My dating guidebook, drink a cup of hot tacks and talk cool. <laughs> <laughs>